Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to Passion Life Church today. I'm so glad that you're joining us. You know, I never take for granted our time together. You know, I want to respect your time today. You're taking time to tune in. I believe that God is going to meet you at the point of your faith and your expectation today. I'm so glad it's fall. Are you enjoying fall so far? I love the cold weather, putting on a little hoodie. And let me ask you a question. Have you put your Christmas tree up yet? You know, we have here at our house, we're actually in the middle of doing it. And man, it's just so exciting. Can't wait for Christmas. Well, I'm glad you're joining us. If you're joining us here for the first time, let's connect. We'd love to connect with you. And you can simply connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 951-382-5757. Today, we are going to conclude this amazing series called God is My Shepherd and My Friend. But listen, before we dive into that, I want to give you a preview of next week's series that we're so excited about. Check this out. Thank you, 10 Alpha, take 10. Daddy, I just wanna thank you for um, being there for me and being my role model. Grandma, thank you so much for your prayers that I believe saved me. Thank you so much and I love you. Thank you so much for just challenging me to be such a better person and to think to think for myself and to to see, have a different perspective on like hard moments. Thank you, Kirby, for saying yes. And I can't wait to marry you and spend the rest of my life with you. Gracias. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, how exciting. This series is going to be amazing. The power of thank you. And we're taking this new series from my brand new book. Yeah, it just came out. I'm so excited. It's called The Power of Thank You, The Key to Finding Joy Again. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And I'm we're going to start this new series next week. And um, if you're interested in purchasing the book, I really believe there's an anointing on this book. It's going to touch your life. I help people discover the divine connection between God's grace, gratitude, and joy. Listen, I don't want you to forget about gratitude. We're going into Thanksgiving, and it just seems like there's so many things that are buying for our attention that we, we can forget to stop and give thanks. There's such a power in that. And if you're interested in buying this, you can go to powerofthankyoubook.com, and uh, you can purchase it there. And listen, it's going to be on Amazon, but right now it's on Amazon only for pre-order. So if you pre-order on Amazon, you're not going to get it till December 30th. But if you go to powerofthankyoubook.com today, you could have it. Let me just say this. This book was written not only to help and bless people, but we put it in such a way, it is a hardback cover. And we did that because we want it to be nice enough where people would feel like they could give it as a gift. And when you open the first page is an actual dedication page. So you could demonstrate your gratitude to people by giving them the book. And then inside, when they open the page, they will see that you dedicated and wrote some things that you were specifically thankful for that they did. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little tough to 
buy a, a present for somebody that you admire. It's like, what do you get them? But you know, you, you can surprise them with an incredible gift, the power of thank you book and uh, get it today. It's going to bless your life. And, and next week we are starting the brand new series, The Power of Thank You. We need joy. And I'm going to show you how to access it. Today, let's finish Psalms 23. I'm so excited about today. I believe that there's going to be breakthrough in your life. Turn to Psalms 23. We're going to read this together. Remember in the Hebrew, it's read like a shout. Uh, theologians believe, historians believe that David was saying this as he was going into the valley to fight Goliath. So he probably wasn't just talking real low. He wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. No, he was saying it with energy and with passion. Come on. So let's read it together. Let's read God's word with faith. Psalms 23 verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I think it's really re easy to read these scriptures and go, you know what? They were written 2,000 years ago, and it's beautiful what David is writing. And it is. It's very beautiful what David is writing. But I just want to draw our attention back to what he said. The Lord is my shepherd. Is is present tense. And, you know, I really want you to press into his presence today because, look, he is with you. The good shepherd right now is with the sheep. Whether you're watching, listen, at home or you're at work and you're on a break or you're listening to us on SoundCloud and you're driving in your car. I just want you to know right now, the Lord is with you wherever you're at. You are not alone, but we've got to press into that presence. You know, I was just reminding myself. To, uh, this week that, you know what? The Lord is with me wherever I go. The good shepherd, it's not, he's not distant. It's not just some thing that happened 2000 years ago. David wants us to remember that his presence is present right now. Let's, let's draw in. Let's, let's, let's lean in today to his presence. Can you do that? Listen, we're going to pick up in verse five. It's we finished today. You know, David says this, he says, you anoint my head with oil. We covered this a little bit and when we were talking about sheep's resting, because this, this psalm is really about sheep's lying down and resting because of who their shepherd is. And we said that sheep won't lie down and they won't rest if they are bothered by flies. And so David says, you anoint my head with oil. So a, a shepherd would take oil and just pour it over the sheep's head. Why? 
because these flies would come around and land in their nasal cavity and they would lay eggs. Those eggs would end up going into their brain. Oh man, this is kind of disgusting, but it would annoy the sheep. And they have record of sheep getting so annoyed and so irritated by the flies that they would hit their head against the rocks. Some of them would actually commit suicide because they were so irritated by the flies. Now, how does that apply to us? We know this, the devil is called Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. And I'll tell you what, we've had a fly the other day here in the house and one fly is one fly too many. They are annoying and they're buzzing. But let me just tell you what the flies do. Let me tell you what the enemy does. He is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says that he stands before God and he is accusing you and I, right? He's accusing you, reminding you of your sins, reminding you of what people are saying about you and the rumors. And you know what? That's really, really annoying. But you know what? The antidote for the flies is God's anointing oil on our lives. Come on, somebody. You know, David had accusers. I think about why he was writing this. Man, his own father rejected him. His brothers rejected him, right? Remember when he went down to the battle to see Goliath and he was actually doing what his dad said. His dad said, you know, just bring some cheeses and some bread. And he was doing, he was actually bringing them food, serving them. And he sees Goliath and his older brother just says, you know, hey, I know who you are. I know who do you think you are. I know all of these things. And he really starts to just demean David. He starts to accuse him. But David had Accusers. Now, I want you to hear this. Last week, we talked about God prepares a table before us, right, in the presence of our enemy. Prepare in the Hebrew means to set in order. How does God prepare the table before you? He sets things in order right in the midst of your enemies. He sets a king's table. This was so good last week. I've been thinking about this. He sets that king's table and he invites you to dine with him. That, that table means king's table and it means there's a meal that is set before you. And so we can eat and dine. Remember it says before he sets a table before uh, he prepares a table table before me in, this, in the presence of my enemy. That word before means in the face of, enemy in your face. Remember that? And then right in the middle, we are to dine in the face of the enemy. Now listen, listen. So that means the enemy has to sit there and watch you dine at the king's table. What a God we serve. But why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that because God not only prepares a table right before you in the midst of the enemies. He does anoint you in the midst of your enemies. Yeah, David's brother rejected him. His father didn't even call him when Samuel came up to anoint the next king of Israel. They forgot about David. But you know what? God knew where David was. God knows where you're at. And God called him out. Samuel said, you know, God is telling me not to look on the outward appearance but you know what? God has, there's something missing here. Do you have another son, Jesse? Oh yeah, it's David. 
He's back with the sheep. Let's call him out. You know, God will call you out. God will bring you out at the proper time. God knows where you're serving God. And that's what I love about David. He was just faithful. But watch this. David comes up and Samuel gets the anointing oil and pours it over David's head right in the midst of his brothers who rejected him and despised him and didn't like him. Can I just tell you that David's brothers had a front row seat, right, for the anointing service that God had for David. And I want to tell you, God will do the same for you. He will anoint you in the presence of your enemies. Come on, this is good this morning. What does this anointing mean? The anointing actually means in the Hebrew to make fat, to make big. In in reality, it means it's when God smears his presence on you. It symbolizes God's presence and his power on a person's life. And let me just say this. He has anointed you. And that anointing, I love it because Jesus talks about it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, look what Jesus said about the anointing. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Come on, say I'm anointed. Come on, say it. I'm anointed. Jesus says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So watch what Jesus says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So when the Holy Spirit is upon you, you're anointed. God's presence is there, right? His power is right there and he anoints you. And Luke 4, 18 tells us what happens. Listen, you are anointed to proclaim this good news of the gospel. It's one translation says preach, but a lot of times when we hear the word preach, we think of somebody pointing a finger at us and, you know, kind of preaching that way. But it actually means proclaim. That means when you're at your job, when you're with your kids, that you are proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And when the anointing is on your life, you can proclaim it. Can I just encourage you? You need to speak the word that you know. You and God has vested, invested the word of God in you. You need to speak what you know. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance what you've learned. So when you read the Bible, there's been times where I've started to talk to people and all of a sudden I'll start to say things or scriptures will come up. That's the Holy Spirit reminding me of the word of God. And you have the power to proclaim. But you know what? This anointing also, Jesus said, it has healing power. It heals the brokenhearted. You know, you know, healed people heal people. Healed people help to heal other people. And so this anointing, when it's on your life, it'll heal the brokenhearted. And maybe you're here today. Maybe your heart, you just feel it's destroyed. You're downcast. It's broken. Well, you know what? Press into his presence today. Lean into that anointing. As I'm talking, receive it today. Let it be poured over your head. Come on, somebody. Say, here I am, right? And this anointing, it has healing power, but then it also has freeing power. Power, the Bible says, Jesus says, 
to set captives free, people who are in bondage, people who are addicted. Maybe you're addicted today. You know, when I was 18 years old and 19 years old, I was so addicted to cigarettes, I could not stop. But you know what? When I began to press into God's presence, his anointing, right, it made me fat. That's what it means. It broke off, right? That It broke off those those bondages and and I was held captive but the anointing broke it off in my life and I was free from cigarette and nicotine addiction and wow it's been probably almost 30 years now and I have not picked up a cigarette you know what that is it's because of the anointing of God it has and it brings freedom to people that are bound people who are oppressed come on don't be oppressed anymore don't be oppressed don't be depressed let God's anointing let him pour his oil of anointing over your head and you know The Bible says that this anointing, it says it brings sight to the blind. Yeah, it brings sight to the blind. You know, and I don't think that that's just physical blindness, although I do believe that God can heal physical blindness. But can I just encourage you today? I believe this is supernatural vision for areas of our life that we don't see. You know, the good shepherd is leading us. I want to encourage you this week. I feel like I need to speak to somebody and you have some decisions you need to make. Can I encourage you? Don't make decisions without the good shepherd's guidance. We need to follow his guidance. Remember David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We said last week that the staff is was used to support and help guide the sheep. The Holy Spirit is our guiding force that's helping us. And so, listen, don't make a decision in the dark. Follow the leader. Follow the good shepherd. But let me say this. I pray that with God's anointing, he'll give you sight where you cannot see so you can actually make the right decisions. And you're not just making decisions in the dark. And I pray that right now, that Lord, let them see what they don't see. Let them see the right options. Let them see the pros and the cons, Lord, and let them see where you are leading them. Father, I just pray right now that people would not just look at green pastures and say, those pastures are green. No, let God lead you to his green pastures. I want to remind you again, you are anointed. Come on, say that again. Say, I am anointed. Now, let me just tell you this. This anointing isn't just for you, right? The anointing doesn't just come to you, but it's supposed to flow through you as well, right? Yes, this anointing will heal you, but you know what? You're also anointed to heal others, to help other people see supernaturally. That's why we're here. It's not just about us. It's about others, you know? And so we are anointed, and I thank you God, that you pour out your anointing. You're not stingy with your power. You're not stingy with your presence. But you know what? You pour out your anointing. So the enemy cannot come near us, bug us, irritate us. We are anointed because of the oil of the Holy Spirit. Man, wow, this is powerful. And then in verse 5, David says, now I just want you to get a picture of David in front of his brothers and Samuel is just pouring anointing oil and it's just running over. Because David says in verse five, he says, my cup runs over. You know, God doesn't just do a little dabble, do you here? Here's just a little bit of anointing oil. No, they poured it over 
the head, and then it would flow down to all of the, of the body, right in front of his enemies, the people that despised him. And David says, my cup runs over. Now, this word cup can mean a literal cup, right, obviously. But actually, when you look at the word cup in the Bible, it represents a life. Right? So your cup is, is your life. So, you know, I, I, I just want to give you an example of like five cups that I see, kind of five groups of people uh, that I see. And here's the first one. The first one is a person who has an empty cup. I call them the miserable person. Right? Their cup is totally empty. Now, listen. It doesn't mean that their life is not full and busy with things, but it does mean that at the end of the day, they constantly come back to, I am empty. And you know what? They don't have anything to get excited about. You know, they, uh, they, don't, they don't have anything to give. They don't have anything to live for. And their cup is totally empty. And I'll tell you why. Here's why. Whenever you try to fill your own cup with anything other than God, you will always be empty. And what's interesting is that this picture that I have right here, this represents God. Look how full he is. Look how he is ready to pour out right on his people. He's ready to pour anointing oil on his people. Right. But let me can I just be honest with you? The reason why this cup is empty is because this cup is leaking. Yeah, this cup is leaking because there's holes in their cup. There's holes in their life. And instead of it overflowing, guess what? Their lives are leaking, right? See, can I just be honest with you? A cup that is leaking will never be filled and overflowing. You know, in Haggai 1.6, he talks about a bag that has holes in it. And I think this can represent our life as well. He says, you eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in a bag with holes in them. And this is what he's saying. You're out there and you are working Man, you're working hard. And then when you get your paycheck, it's like you're putting it in a life that has holes. It's like putting it in a bag that has holes in them. So the bag is always empty. Listen to what he says. So you're eating, but you're never satisfied. You're drinking of life, but you're still thirsty. And it's because you're drinking from the wrong fountain. This is why people remain empty, right? You buy the finest clothes. You think it's going to make you feel valuable, right? And listen, I'm not against any of these things. I, listen, I pray that God blesses you so you can have all that. So people can say, why are you so blessed in this time? And you can point them to God. But these are people that aren't giving glory to God. These are people that are trying to live their life by themselves in their own self-effort. So they're buying all these nice clothes. But you know what? It's not producing what they want it to produce. It does, it's not making them feel what they want to feel. And guess what? They still feel empty. They're still thirsty. Listen, they're working hard, but they're not being productive or fruitful because they're not working under the blessing of God. They're working under their own effort. And yet you have a God who is more than enough, but you still have an empty 
cup. And I just want to say it again. As long as you keep trying to fill your cup with anything other than God, it will always be empty. Well, you know what? Here's the second type of cup. It's the cup that I like to call, or the second type of person, is the tiny cup, right? It's my little cup, and it's what I call the minimalist person, right? Oh, God, listen, I don't serve a big God. He's just, he's just a little bit. Just give me a little bit of God. You know, just, you know, he's small. You know, my mom had a small God. You know, we just had a little bit of Jesus, my aunt, just a little bit of God, just Lord, just a little touch. That, that's, that's all, you know, um, to be honest, back in 2017, I tithed once. It didn't work for me, you know, but just not God, just don't give me, you know, too much. And they live from struggle to struggle. Can I just tell you that this is some people's lives and yet God wants to be our source and God is more than enough. He has more to pour, but yet for some, they just want the tiny cup, the tiny cup. Oh, and here's the third person. The third type of person is they're the half empty, right? They're the pessimist person. The cup is just half empty, right? And so they're kind of like half good, half bad. Watch this. God is good part of the time. But you know what? God is bad, right? Half and half. That's how they live their life, right? I have faith. I have some faith, but you know what? I also have fear too. It's never full, never overflowing. It's just halfway, right? They're never committed all the way, only halfway. And so here's the reality. They never surrendered their cup to the good shepherd. They never did. And I want to tell you, this scripture I'm about to read, it just gives me chills in James chapter 1, verse 6. James says, talking about asking God, asking in faith and in prayer, he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Notice that's complete, all surrender, all in, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his way. A half in, half out person will not receive anything from the Lord. I don't know. I just, man, I get chills. That is not the life that I want to have. But let me say it this way. This, the half empty cup, is not the life that God wants you to have. Oh, and then here's number four. This person is the, oh, Jesus, fill my cup, Jesus. Right? I call them the selfish person. It's all about me. Lord, oh, Lord, just bless me, Lord. Bless me. Bless me. But listen, not, not, to, running, not to running over. Just to, to the brim, Lord. Just to the brim. Lord, just, it's about me. Father, bless me. You're good. Fill my cup to the brim. But just enough. Just enough. I, I have had people tell me, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm thankful. We have enough for our family. We have enough. I thought, uh, so I guess all you think about is you. Because God never said that he would just give us enough. 
Now, let me just say this. If David would have said, you know, my cup is filled and he fills my cup, man, I would be grateful. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, this is a blessing. But that's not what God said. God said, I don't want to just fill your cup. I want your cup to be overflowing. But this person, right, they're all about me. God bless me. I need more money, God. It's all about me. Lord, give me more followers on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter because it's all about me. Listen, can I just be honest with you? And then their life has a lid on it. They never break through. They never go through and get to that place where they're helping others. I think we forget that the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, he loves you. And if you were the only person on this planet, he would have given Jesus. But there's a whole world. There is other people that God wants us to bless, right? So this is why David didn't just say, he fills my cup, right? David says, no, my cup runs over, over into abundance. Why? Because the character of God is generous. So here you have the fifth person, the fifth type of person, the fifth cup is the blessed person. And let me just tell you, this is the person that believes that God wants their cup to be not just filled. Come on, somebody. But God wants their cup to be overflowing. He wants overflowing with anointing, overflowing with blessing. Come on, somebody. Overflowing in the name of Jesus, that your cup runs over in Jesus name. Woo, man, you know why God wants that for our lives? God wants our life to be so filled that we spill on other people. Come on, somebody. Our lives to be so filled that we're spilling out on the people. We're spilling out anointing. We're spilling out God's goodness. Come on, somebody. And blessing. Listen, I believe that for my life and for our church, that we are a church that our cup runs over. You know, right in the middle of COVID-19, we have not stopped giving to missions. That's right. You know, we have still been building other churches all around America. They're actually brave pastors who are starting churches right now online in America. Yeah, that's how they're starting their church. And we are supporting them because your generous gift. Listen, watch this. Because your cup is running over. Here's what's happening is that we are able to touch other people because we believe that our cup runs over. You know, a friend called me and right in the middle of this pandemic, their church had an opportunity to move and buy a building. Remember, we talked about this in our If Not Now When series, that in the evil day, there's opportunity. And he called me up and he said, you won't believe this. We are getting handed this building, but we've got to raise a certain amount of money. And so, you know what? We believe here at Passion Life Church that our cup runs over, right? That we're not just going to take our tithes and our offering and just put them in a storehouse and keep them and say, well, you know, we just got to hold on to this. To, you know, let, let's see what happens. No, we believe that our cup is running over, that we are filled so we can spill out on other people. And so, you know what? Passion Life Church, we sent them an offering to help build and plant a seed in a church who it needs a building. Ha ha ha. Praise God. That's what we need too. So you know what? We're going to spill out on other people. But can I just encourage you? Because see, the fill it to the brim people, just bless me people, their lives are never significant. They never impact 
other people. Can I just encourage you? Your life needs to overflow with blessing. You know why? Because when your life overflows with blessing, that blessing can help somebody else have a breakthrough. I want to say that again. When our lives overflow with blessing, that blessing can help somebody break through. And I believe that God wants to use you in that capacity. Amen. Come on. I want to help other people break through. Can I ask you a question? Has somebody helped you break through? Was there somebody that's been generous to you? I can think of one person. His name was God, right? Jesus has been so generous. God gave his only begotten son. But can I ask you to think, has there ever been anybody in your life that has been generous to you, that you were the recipient of their cup running over, that you know what, their overflowing blessing helped you break through? Now it's time for you to help others break through. Man, that's powerful. David says, God, you cause my cup to run over. You are my source. Come on. You are the God of more than enough. Can I encourage you today? Ladies and gentlemen, when you and I get to heaven, we're going to walk on streets of gold. Yeah, we're going to walk. Listen, God didn't go cheap on heaven. No, we have a generous God, and that is his very character. His cup runs over with generosity, giving us his son, giving us his grace, giving us his love. Come on, can we just take a moment and give him a good round of applause? Just take a moment and lift your hands and say, thank you, God, that your cup runs over and fill my cup overflowing so I can spill out. Fill me so I can spill in Jesus' name, right? And here's where David ends this psalm. I think this is so beautiful. In verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to notice what he says. He says, Surely goodness and mercy. Not maybe, surely. Now, this is going to bless you. I looked up these last these words in this these last uh, this last chapter. I think it's going to bless you. You know the word goodness in the Hebrew means this. It means what is good. It means agreeable, excellent, glad. Are you ready? Prosperous and happiness is goodness. Now, watch this. He says goodness, what is good? And mercy. Listen to what mercy is in the Hebrew. Mercy is God's kindness towards you. God's kindness towards you. Do you know God gives us his grace and his mercy? Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. But mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. No, he's giving you goodness, his grace and mercy. So it is God's kindness towards you. And watch this. It says God's kindness towards you that will bring a reproach to the shame on your life. So God's mercy lifts the shame off your life. The devil, the flies are coming around. And you know what the flies are saying? The accusers, right? The enemy is accusing. He's saying shame on you. But God's mercy is saying shame off you in Jesus name. Oh, let me say that again. Shame off you in the name of Jesus. You know, I feel like something's breaking here this morning. I feel like there's some people and you don't need to tell anybody, but God knows you're living with secret shame in your life. 
But this is so good that God is saying his mercy. Now you ready? Follows you. Now this word follow, are you ready? It means to chase. It actually is a hostile term, okay? This word follow means that goodness and mercy is actually chasing you. And the word means this, chase to aim to secure. That this is goodness and mercy. It's coming after you. It's aiming after you. I want to use a modern day word. It's trolling you. Goodness and mercy are trolling you. And you say, Pastor Phil, well, then why, why am I not living in that? Well, are you ready? Because we have some sheep that think they're smarter than the shepherd. You have the good shepherd before you, and he's leading and going before you, and you have goodness and mercy coming and chasing behind you. The only thing you can do is lift up your hands and say, I surrender to you, God. I want your goodness. I want your mercy. Shame off me. The reason why we don't experience this is because we, like sheep, are going our own way. We see good pastures over there, and God's leading us over here to his good pastures. Oh, but we think the grass is greener on the other side. So you know what? We're going to go that way. Well, can I just tell you, even when you're going that way, goodness and mercy is following you pulling at you, trolling at you, chasing you because it wants to be a part of your life. My church family, this is the life of a sheep that is under the shepherd's care. And David says this, I want to live in God's house forever. He says, this is where I want to dwell. I want to dwell in his presence. Now, can I, I just say this this morning and you won't be offended. I want you to notice something. David didn't say, I love to visit God's house. He said, I love to dwell there. See, because a lot of times I meet a lot of people as pastor, as a pastor, I talk with people, see them at church every once in a while, they visit God's house. But you know what David said? I wanna dwell there. I wanna be committed to God's house. Can I just be honest with you? And here's the truth, a heart for God always translates to a heart for God's house. I want to say that again. A heart for God always translates into a heart for his house. When I hear people talking about, you know, it's not important to go to church. Well, you don't read your Bible. The Bible says actually that we are supposed to gather together. We are supposed to go to his house so we can gather. Yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are the church. But you know what? God wants us to gather and come together because he commands a blessing there that you cannot get just being at home. And David says, I want to dwell there, not just visit. I want to dwell in his house forever. You know, I just sense today that God is working in your life right now. What a powerful word. What man, David, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, wrote some powerful things. And can I encourage you? The good shepherd is right there with you. You are anointed. Shame off you in Jesus' name, not on you. This is what the good shepherd is doing in our lives. I want to pray for you. Father, the name of Jesus, I just come against shame in people's lives. And I 
thank you for your mercy, Lord. I thank you for your anointing. Lord, I believe that you are lifting shame off people, but your anointing power right now is healing people. Lord, I pray that this today would be a testimony of healing and the miraculous power of your anointing in people's lives. Father God, I thank you. Even right now as bones are aching, Father God, that you would heal people. I come against COVID-19 in people's lives. I just heard of some people that I know that have gotten COVID. And let's just lift them up. If you know somebody, Father, we rebuke sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. We thank you that they are healed and made whole today in Jesus' name. Wow. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I am anointed. Whoo, man, so powerful. Well, listen, we love you. I want to give you a chance today to have your cup overflow. Don't just be a brim person. Lord, just bless me. No, you know how you raise that lid? By giving, spilling over. And this is the time in this service where you get an opportunity to let your cup run over. And so, so many of you are so generous. And we want to thank you for that. But today, I want to challenge you to be a giver. I know Christmas is coming. Listen, I know, and you're going to give gifts to people. But I want to remind you that God has given you a gift, His Son. He's the one that gives you the job. He's the one. And we honor Him by giving to His house. And so today, if you'd like to give, you can do that. It's as safe as online banking. All you have to do is text uh, the word PLC Marietta, all one word, to 77977. That's PLC uh, Marietta to 77977. Also, you can go to our website and you can give there. Just click the giving option. You can send a mail a check if you like, or you can give by credit card there. Awesome. Listen. Power of Thank You Book is available. Go to powerofthankyoubook.com. We start the brand new series next week. We love you and God bless you. Have a great day.